This is Let Your Voice Be Heard right here on WHCR 90.3 FM, the voice of Harlem. We are back on Let Your Voice Be Heard on 90.3 FM WHCR, the voice of Harlem, where we have no energy to give to corny white people, Donald Trump, Sean Hannity, or mediocre whiteness, which is prevalent all over the country. And I'm going to throw it to Selena because she is doing some good things today. Right. Okay. You see, I try to be nicer and she gets weird. Awkward. Yeah, I'm sorry about that, guys. All right. So thank you, Stanley. Christian Mingle. Um, for that awkward and now Alyssa's Jesus being. Jesus Christ helps you find love. You guys, I can't believe you guys are like faith bashing Christian me. Mingle. I'm not a Christian. We should be supporting Selena and trying to you find, find somebody on Christian Mingle. Yeah. <laughs> so guys, Whatever you can the means. only find me on Instagram and Twitter at Miss Selena Help. But um, <laughs> I'm not on Tinder either. But anyway, guys, so uh, we just wrapped up a in-depth conversation about Charlottesville Keep tuning in because we're going to continue the conversation, but continue to explore white nationalism, its history and its reemergence in our country today. But before we do that, we have a very special guest on the line. His name is Bob Ganji. He is a social and racial justice activist. He's been doing this for over 50 years. He's the director of the Correctional Association of New York. He is former, al- former excuse me. He is also a prison reform um, organizer uh, for 20 nine years he directed the police reform organizing project and he is um uh, he is also an advocate against discriminatory policing uh not only that but he's running for mayor guys if you haven't been following the mayoral election you definitely should be tuning in here in new york city he is primarying against mayor bill de blasio bob ganji says he could do a better job at running new york city and we have him on the line to tell us why welcome to the show bob uh, well, pleased to be on the show. Morning. So, Bob, tell us a little bit more about <laughs> your campaign and why you launched it. Uh, the <clears throat> There's a number of ways to think about it. One was uh, our deep disappointment with de Blasio. I voted for him in 2013 because I believed, along with many New Yorkers, in his pledge to be a fighting progressive and in his pledge to make his top priority um, addressing the tale of two cities narrative in the city and and focusing on eliminating the racial, uh, social, and economic inequities that plague our city. And he has failed in any really serious, concerted way to follow through on those pledges. Uh, we, for example, on, um, on policing, he... Uh, actively supports broken windows policing, <clears throat> which was uh, the method of policing introduced into the city uh, uh, NYPD forces in uh, 1994 when Giuliani first became mayor and appointed Bill Bratton as his police commissioner. Well, de Blasio brought Bratton back, uh, including Bratton's um, uh, just, uh, just full-throttled uh, approach to broken windows policing. And the problem with broken windows policing is it targets low-income people of color who engage in petty infractions. Sometimes they haven't even engaged in those infractions. Uh, the cops, uh, when they arrest or ticket them, make, make it up. But um, also, they focus on, the cops focus on enforcing infractions that are virtually decriminalized in white communities. So 85 to 95% of the people that the NYPD arrest for these kinds of infractions could be fair evasion, it could be marijuana possession, it could be driving with a suspended license, 
Uh, it could be things as minor as riding a bike on the sidewalk, carrying an open alcohol container. Uh, so the NYPD's practices are blatantly racist. They're extraordinarily wasteful because they don't focus on serious felonies. They focus on uh, low-level infractions. And de Blasio embraces it. Um, then very specifically, uh, we are very critical of his decision and Bratton's decision not to discipline all the cops involved in the death of Eric Garner back in the summer of 2014. Guys, if you are just tuning in, we have on the line with us Bob Ganji. He is running for mayor here in New York City. Uh, and he's talking about uh, basically why a lot of progressives uh, like myself, people who voted for Bill de Blasio back in 2013, have been almost disillusioned by the de Blasio administration here. And the question I have for you, Bob, if you can... Uh, so, I mean, you named a, a long list of things that you think uh, the mayor has failed on. What was it? What was that pivotal moment that said, I'm going to run for mayor? The, the, there wasn't, I mean, it was a growing um, uh, realization that no matter what we did uh, with the Police Reform Organizing Project, which was the organization I was with most recently, no matter what any other police reform advocate groups were doing, and no matter how much we were all uh, working in concert to expose how deeply racist and deeply immoral NYPD practices were, that de Blasio was not going to change things. And not only that, that there was no mainstream politician uh, in the city uh, who was calling for ending broken windows policing, who was calling for the dismissal of the cops involved in Eric Garner's death. So what occurred to us was the, the mayoral race could be an opportunity for us to get more public attention to the de Blasio's failures and also public attention to the kind of proposals that we were making that would uh, effectively address uh, the social and racial inequities that persist in our city. Uh, so just give you one quick example around policing. Right now, when a call comes into a 911 dispatcher, about an emergency involving a person in psychiatric crisis. The dispatcher has only one choice, which is to send a cop. And uh, that policy has resulted in very serious consequences, including a number of fatalities over the recent months. Um, I, have, I have a quick question just to cut in um, and shifting gears a little bit. So I know that you, Bob, and um, Prop has endorsed the Fair Fares campaign, which would provide half-price Metro cards to low-income New Yorkers. Um, and, I mean, this is something that I think is a huge issue when we talk about things like broken windows. You see people who are being fined $100 tickets um, for jumping a turnstile um, and oftentimes who are, you know, because they're unable to pay that 275 Metro card swipe, are definitely unable to pay a $100 ticket and are often incarcerated. Um, and this is something that the mayor recently, in a way, endorsed, but has been very resistant to for over a year. Um, and I know that, Bob, you've been very much in favor of it. Can you speak more about that? And, you know, the mayor ran on this tale of two cities in 2013. You know, there's this, like, rich New York and poor New York, and we need to bridge the gap. So with something like a fair first proposal, it seems like such a clear link between the two. Um, why do you think he's been so resistant to issues like these? Um, well, one is he's not a true progressive, uh, and he won't take political risks in promoting social or racial justice. And he, 
uh, with the, the reason he gave for not supporting the Fair Fast campaign is that uh, the city shouldn't pay for that. The, the state or the MTA should pay for that, which was really crap. Of course, the city should pay for it. It's the city's residents, primarily low-income people of color, who are um, uh, dealing with the and and experiencing the brunt of the city's punitive approach to fair evasion. Fair evasion is the second most common arrest by the NYPD in New York City. And we support actually not reduce fare. We support free fare for low-income people. Uh, and the uh, and the rationale for that is everyone who uh, strives to lead a productive life uh, in New York City uh, needs to use the subways to get to work, to get the job interviews, to get to school, to get the health care appointments, to get the child care appointments. And the as much as the Blasio denies that it's true, poor people, for uh, many poor people in the city, the, the, the fair is a financial burden. And they're not jumping the turnstile for the thrill of it. They're jumping the turnstile because the fair is a financial burden. So instead of the city helping low-income people, the city punishes them for attempting to sneak onto the subway. Hey, Bob, Alyssa here. Um, before we finish up, I just was hoping to have you talk a second about what's going on with the debate. Uh, for those of you who don't know, there is a monetary limit, um, meaning you have to raise a certain amount of money to appear on the debate uh, stage. We just heard that the Democratic Party has now added an additional person. Unfortunately, that person is not you. Uh, so I was hoping that you could talk for a minute about campaign finance and about why it is that you're not going to be able to actually debate with the other Democratic candidates. Right. Who who did they add to the uh, debate? I don't know. I think it was an email I Sal got from Albanese. you. <laughs> no, no, we know, was, we know Albanese and uh, de Blasio are the two that have uh, been selected. And, and about Albanese, by the way, I want to point out that he is to the right of de Blasio on policing issues. He has received $16,000 in contributions from law enforcement groups, including nearly $5,000 contribution from the PBA. So there's not going to be, if I'm not on the stage, there's not going to be an informed debate or any debate at all about uh, broken windows policing and its racist impact on the people in the city. The, the problem with how the participants in the debate get selected is it's the, the sole criteria is financial. Uh, so the requirement was that the, in order to qualify, uh, people had to raise and spend, candidates had to raise and spend about $175,000 by August 7th. And we did not uh, raise a sufficient amount of money, um, and neither did two of the other candidates. Uh, so uh, uh, de Blasio, who's raised millions of dollars, uh, and Albanese, who just made the cut, right now are going to be the only two participants. So we're planning to have a demonstration in front of Symphony Space on Broadway and 95th Street, where the debate will be held on Wednesday night, the 23rd. Uh, and we're going to protest the debate selection process. We're calling it the debate debacle. And I will um, go through the motions of debating uh, de Blasio surrogate, which will be uh, a Red Sox hat on a stick. <laughs> We're looking forward to that, Bob. In 30 seconds or less, tell us and our listeners why we should vote for you and then let us know how we can find out more information about you and your campaign. The, the listeners uh, <laughs> and all, all New Yorkers concerned about social and racial justice should vote for me um, because we have specific plans for eliminating uh, discriminatory and abusive policing 
for providing true affordable housing for New York City's de Blasio's so-called affordable housing plan does not do that. We have plans for improving the public schools. We have plans regarding uh, public education, regarding a range of issues with a focus on social and racial justice. Um, to find out more information about us, you can go to our website, which is gangeformayor.com. Follow me on Twitter, uh, hashtag gangeformayor. Uh, and um, we, we, it's in our view, it's very important that, that the concerned citizens of New York send a message that the kind of policies that de Blasio has supported, which, which not only do not effectively deal with social and racial justice, in some ways support racist practices. So he could say all he wants about, and he's not the only one, politicians coming forward and condemning white supremacists and neo-Nazis and what happened in Charlottesville without attending to what's going on in their own backyard that, that advance um, racist practices and that uh, inflict harm and hardship primarily on low-income people of color every day in our city. Thank you again, Bob, for uh, coming on the show. Bob Ganji, guys, definitely check out the hashtag Ganji for mayor. Uh, And please note that we have also put out special requests to Bill de Blasio and Sal Albanese to come on the show as well. They are very welcomed. On that note, we do have to take another quick break. But don't go anywhere because when we come back, Stanley will be sounding off about Charlottesville and really just focusing on white nationalism, the KKK, and what that means in 2017.